Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Jordan McFarlane, back by unpopular demand on a loan deal from Football Scotland. And today I'm joined by my old mucker, Scott McDermott. Ah, just like a good old day story. <laughs> just like a good old day. It's as if you've never been away. Yeah, the, 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 I'm not sure the podcast listeners will feel the same way, but let's, let's <laughs> find out. Twitter will be not slow to tell me, I'm quite sure. On the pod today, it's the old firm autopsy as we pick over a desperately disappointing result and performance for Rangers at Ibrox on Sunday. But fear not, it won't all be doom and gloom as we also look ahead to what £7 million signing Ryan Kent, the second biggest transfer in Rangers history, will bring to the club. Well, Scott, we're going to have to touch on Sunday. Uh, I'm sure everyone listening to this podcast will, will probably want us to skip it quite quickly, yep. but um, we know it was desperately disappointing for Rangers. We know the team was off the pace, but let's just go through the key points blow by blow. I looked at that starting lineup. I was sitting at Football Scotland's desk on, on Sunday, and I really couldn't believe what I was seeing. Number one, because Steven Gerrard's been so rigid in the way he's approached games. He's not gone about making big changes. The last big change on this scale I saw was the 3-5-2 at Motherwell last season. And I know Gerard after the game said, well, it's, it's only one change from the side that beat Celtic. But Joe Aribo, a central midfield player in the left wing position for Ryan Kent, that is a, that's a huge change in terms of the width, especially with John Flanagan, a player who's not comfortable bombing on yeah. as his only other outlet on the left. What did you think when you saw that starting lineup? Uh, I was surprised, but no, no stunned. Uh, maybe as much as most people, only because we, when we spoke to Stephen Gerrard on the Friday, he just had mentioned a couple of things. It's only with hindsight now, uh, thinking back to that press conference. It was a, a Sunday's press conference when we get Gerrard separately. It was just a couple of wee things he said. One was that he mentioned a couple of times that he had a plan for Sunday, <laughs> and I just thought. It's kind of strange to see. I know every manager will have a, a kind of game plan getting into a, a certain game, but the way Rangers had been playing, you no, know, they were riding the crest of a wave after the European win. Everyone around that table just kind of thought, well, they'll just go in as we expect. They'll just go and play as they have been playing with the same formation, same type of personnel. Uh, and the other thing was when he was speaking about Alfredo Morelos, um, he was at pains to say that know how well Jermaine Defoe had done in the last game. Uh, he mentioned a couple of times, no, he, he was saying if Morelos starts or or if he has to come on, he'll still have an impact in the game. And I just thought, no, is he going to is he going to make is he going to make some changes for this game? And I thought the two changes he would make was Flanagan for Barisic, which proved to be the case. And I thought he would have brought Jordan Jones in to start the game uh, in place of Shea Ojo on the, the left hand side I thought he would just kind of unleash uh, Jordan Jones on El Hamed and try and try and test him um, 
even him and Arfield could switch at certain points in the game to try and test both Celtic's fullbacks. But listen, I mean, everyone's had their say on it. I, I think you know, every Rangers fan I've heard from or spoken to uh, thinks that Gerard got it wrong, and, and I agree. I think Stephen Gerrard will lay in his bed on Sunday night you know, wondering why he did it, why he changed it so so radically. Um, and now, you know, as I was saying to you earlier, I, I, th- I think he's, the biggest job he's got now is trying to repair the kind of psychological damage that that's that that defeat you no know, could have on his team. I know they've you know they've tried to repair it. Uh, in part by by getting Kent in on the last day the the last day of the window which will obviously give everyone a boost uh, including the players in the in the dressing room who rate Ryan Kent so highly but just when you think of that game you think of where Rangers were mentally in terms of you no know, they were over that hurdle they've been able to beat Celtic they genuinely thought you no know, they were getting back on a par with them into that game so confident on such a high. And for Neil Lennon and Celtic to do that kind of job on them, um, and even when you look at smaller parts of the game, like I thought Edward, for instance, absolutely kind of you know, ripped the two centre backs apart, and that's two centre backs that have been playing really well, in particular Katic, but they couldn't deal with Edward on, on Sunday, and that'll be, you know, that's going to be a big worry. Yeah, I mean, for me, Celtic didn't dominate the game. It was quite different to the Brendan Rodgers era when it was five and four and Celtic were dominating the ball and and just making a mug of the Rangers' sides that they were coming up against. To me, this was more of a tactical game. It was was like a a traditional Italian match where the the managers were very much like two opposing chess players going at each other. There was very little in it. And, And that's where I would take a little heart if I was a Rangers fan because... The first goal is, a, is a, an, an individual error. You can't really account for it. Celtic were, were right up for the game. Their game plan was sound. And I think we saw in the first moment of the game when Odds Edward booted yeah. the ball out of the park exactly what Celtic's strategy yeah. was. And I wonder, was there an element of naivety in Steven Gerrard not immediately going, I know exactly what they're going to do here and we need to adjust this? Because if I had been Steven Gerrard, I would have been saying, boot the ball back to them. Yeah. Put the ball. Don't engage in this. No, um, and it might have but, been a horrible but, spectacle if that was the case. But Gerard picked that team because he thought that Rangers could play around Celtic. Yeah. No, he put Kamara in there to keep the ball. He thought they could dominate. No, that midfield, especially with Aribo coming in for the the left hand side, giving them even more kind of creativity and and ball retention. But when Celtic decided to press that high and put Rangers under pressure. Rangers then needed out, an outball. The problem was their outball was sitting on the was sitting on the bench. You can't hit Jermaine Defoe with an outball. He's not going to run into channels. He's not going to outmuscle defenders and hold it up and allow you to go up the go up the pitch. So all of these things went wrong. You're right. I mean, it was certainly me watching it. It was fairly clear after like 15, 20 minutes how Celtic were going to play and what Rangers' problems were going to be. So should Gerard after, you know, it's been done before, after half an hour, just take the four off and put Morelos on or take Aribo or Kamara off to put one of the wide players on? Rangers, they needed an outball. When Rangers were successful against Celtic last season, Kent was normally the outball. They, they didn't have that on Sunday at all. Aribo, who I think is a really good player, 
and will prove to be a really good signing for Rangers in an attacking midfield role, centrally getting in the box late. But he looked lost. I mean, for his first old firm game, he looked as if he didn't really know where he was meant to be playing. Uh, no, he didn't look as if he knew what kind of movements he was meant to make from, from out to in. There was obviously no understanding with, with Flanagan on that left side because they've not really played together before. It just all went horribly, horribly wrong. And listen, at half-time, Stephen Gerrard's effectively at half-time held his hands up and said, I got it wrong. I know he said after the game he would analyse it and you know, if he deserved criticism, he, he would take it if he got the, the tactics wrong. But he actually admitted it. He actually admitted it himself at half time by making the by making the change. That that was an admission that he'd that he'd got it wrong. And and on that point, Gerard saying that this formation, this system worked before. I know what it means in terms of when Rangers adopted this kind of this kind of system of getting the two wide players in close to the four, and it proved really successful because they could work with the four, and he wasn't isolated. But again, the key of that was that Kent was was playing on that left hand side. Kent, a, a and player, you said it earlier, a player who can work out to in and into out. Yeah, and actually, and he uh, carries the ball. Yeah, he carries the ball. No, think of the first goal. Uh, think of the Ryan Jack goal last season, where Kent gets the ball wide and drives at, at Lustig. No, he gets Rangers up the pitch. Aribo was never going to was never going to do that. And I, it'll be really interesting to speak to Stephen Gerrard again after the. The international break and see how he how he reflects on it. But as I say, I think if he's really honest with himself, which strikes me as the type of guy that is, he'll no that will cause him real issues. I, I think he'll have a few sleepless nights since Sunday thinking about thinking about what went wrong. The goal comes in thirty minutes. We've already said it was a bitty game. It was a testy game. It was tactical. There wasn't a lot in it. It's a giveaway by Conor Goldson. There's no other way to describe it. Now, uh, now he uh, wasn't uh, the only one to make a mistake. Katic yeah. allows um, the space in behind when he steps out. Ryan Jack's obviously dropped into that defensive position as well. Where do you ascribe the blame for this? Well, it's Goldson, obviously, uh, who makes the big mistake. However, although it is a giveaway, it's still another example of Celtic pressing fairly high up the park. No... Every other week we watch Conor Goldson step out of defence for Rangers and he's normally got time and space to pick out a pass, play it in the midfield, normally play it out to Tavernier on the right. But he couldn't do that on Sunday because Celtic were pressing so high so high up the pitch. And I think part of that caused the, caused the goal. He was put under pressure. Why doesn't he just knock it out of the park or, or down the line? No, high down the line. I don't know. I, I'll tell you why. Because he gets criticism for his distribution. Yeah. So he's probably reading that going, I need to I need to make sure that I've got positive distribution. But I actually, mean, we've but, done it. But there was a camera angle I seen of the goal last night. Again, uh, on social media, it was a different camera angle. Mm. It was actually from like, behind Rangers' goal. So you were getting the, the view that Conor Goldson had as he's on the ball. And how, I don't know where he was putting the pass or, or how no. he thought it was going to get to his intended target. I mean, the, the, the Celtic player was standing, I think it was Mikey Johnson. Yeah, was, was standing Johnson. Was standing right in front of him. So, I think Conor Goldson's under a bit of pressure now, I must admit. Uh, I've I've, tra- I've stuck up for him when you know, Rangers fans and, again, people on uh, Twitter and stuff have been kind of having a go at him. Uh, 
because I don't think he's done an awful lot wrong since he signed for Rangers. I think he's been pretty reliable, 7 out of 10, every week, wholehearted centre-back. He's always available, never injured. Steven Gerrard clearly trusts him. However, I think now, with Helander and Edmondson kind of breathing down their necks, and you know, after that performance on Sunday, I think Goldson probably for the first time in his Rangers career will probably feel a wee bit under pressure to keep his to keep his place and, and there's already punters calling for you no know, Goldson to get dropped in the next game and try Helander and Katic as a as a partnership for instance. So it'll be interesting to see how that how that develops uh, going forward. You discussed already that at half time Gerard completely changed the way he was playing and he added that out ball but let's be honest it didn't really make that much difference. Rangers were better but but the, it didn't change the way that the that Rangers were struggling, which was connecting from midfield to front. We saw Morelos coming for the four after sixty minutes, Jones for Aribo after seventy minutes. It started to get all a little bit disconnected, disjointed. Right, listen, we, we can talk about tactics all day, and you no, know, of course there, there are tactical elements to it that went wrong. But on a purely basic level, Rangers middle to front weren't at it. You no, know, weren't sharp enough. Tempo wasn't good enough. Watching midfielders taking you know, four and five touches when they only needed one or two, um, which which slowed them down. Kamara had a poor half, obviously, you no know, brought in for the cold, if you like. A guy who was terrific for them at the end of last season, but hasn't quite looked at it for the start of this season. Um, so, no, I mean, of course, there, there are things that, that Gerard got wrong, but the players have to take some responsibility as well. It was a poor poor performance uh, for Rangers they, they allowed Celtic really say didn't dominate them I felt right for the off um, they, it's almost like they managed the game yeah you're right because Rangers had right. 60% of, of possession yeah so ostensibly if you're looking at that on the pure stats of it you would say well clearly Rangers were the better team but Celtic hit them on the break but yeah. you kind of felt Rangers were as good as Celtic allowed them on the day unfortunately yeah. from, from a Rangers but, point of view but Len- Lennon deserves no, you say what you like about Neil Lennon he deserves credit for that Yeah, I think Neil Lennon is probably uh, underrated tactically and I know he didn't achieve everything he wanted at Hibs but I watched Hibs at times go to Glasgow and outthink you know, Rangers and Celtic at mm. times well, he didn't always get results but remember that a terrific 2-2 at Celtic Park, for instance. You know, he came to Ibrooks and played really well. Although his kind of strategy on Sunday was fairly basic, it got the job done. He played, he played 11 guys in the right position. He went into an old firm game and told his players to go and press and get in people's faces, which for me should be a given in an old firm game anyway. And we tiny things like, you know, you're saying knocking the ball out at the park uh, if he kick off, Getting Rangers turned, you no know, making that statement of intent. We're not going to let you at your own half. Basically, you're going to play around us. I thought at throw-ins, for instance, you no know, Celtic players were stealing yards at every opportunity. You no know, people maybe don't see that as a, a big part of the game, but it all adds up to the or it all added up to the Celtic uh, the Celtic game plan on Sunday. And you have to say it worked a it worked a treat. Yeah, they were very streetwise. Obviously, they scored their their, their second goal on the break. You know, at that point. It's sixes and sevens. The Rangers' game plan is get the ball in the box as quickly as possible, try and get something. So, you know, at that point, everything's up for grabs because Rangers are piling forward. And obviously, Jordan Jones then gets a ridiculous red card. We all know that that was just stupid. 
I suppose the question that I think many Rangers fans will be asking is, what do Rangers do in the next game if Celtic adopt the same strategy? How do you counter this? Well, I, I don't know if Celtic will adopt the same strategy at home. I think it will be. I think it will be a bit different. Obviously, the onus will be on them. Rangers, no Rangers have to look at the, the next Old Firm game at Celtic Park as one where they they go and play in the counter attack and they use pace. You no, know, they use Ryan Kent, Shea Ojo, John Jones, whoever it is. Yep. They'll certainly need Alfredo Morelos playing that game because they'll need a striker that can hold the ball up for them and get them get them up the pitch. Um, but they'll need to defend better. Johnny, I mean, if, if Celtic are going to come at you at Parkhead, which you have to assume they will in the next game, first and foremost, you need to be defending a lot better. And then you rely on your, your players on the break, no the likes of Kent, to get you, as I say, get you up the pitch and create, create chances. I think in a way... <sighs> In a way, it's, it'll probably be easier for Rangers in terms of Gerrard's thinking because how I don't see how else you can go and play at Celtic Park other than you know, try to hurt them in the counter-attack with, with pace. Um, I was watching, when I was watching the game, I was thinking to myself, you've got ball and goalie there who's had a poor start, it's looked shaky. El Ahmed has, has started well for Celtic, but he's new to the country, he's new to the, the, the style of football. You really want... Rangers to go out and go at them. And, and Gerard, after the game against um, Legia, uh, said, I told them at half-time, this is on me, go out and attack. I kind of feel like he should have done that against Celtic. Yeah. He should have said, listen, we're going to go after them from the word go. We're going to be a little bit more open than we'd normally like to be in a game of this stature. But you know what? If it goes wrong, it's on me. Go out, play without any fear and go after them. Of course I should have. It was almost like... It was almost like Steven Gerrard underestimated... Um, how under pressure like Ball and Goli and El Hamid and, and Beaton, for instance, would feel get into that game. It was almost like Gerard was thinking, well, you know, they're experienced players, they're not going to be affected by the by the atmosphere or whatever. But you no know, history tells you that you no know, defenders in particular playing in their first old firm game away from home struggle if if they're put under serious pressure early on and the crowd on top of them or whatever. I mean that that'll be, that'll be the easiest old firm game, uh, ball and goalie and, and El Hamid playing probably. Yeah, they looked solid, but the the reality of the situation is they weren't really. They tested. had nothing. They had nothing to deal with, uh, especially especially El Hamid on the right the right hand side, because Aribo was coming in and as you say, Flanagan uh, Flanagan was no over was no overlapping or, or can't overlapping his his left foot. Um, the, the only thing I'll say, just again a small thing. And no, Rangers obviously deserve nothing. We've been over the, the full thing, but just again, you no know, small margins. <laughs> if Jermaine Defoe leaves Scott Arfield's pass in the first half to go through to Aribo, I'm pretty sure Aribo takes that chance. It's on his left foot. He's like ten yards out with the, with the keeper to beat. Yep. You would think it take Defoe obviously doesn't know he's there. The ball looks as if it's intended for Aribo. If that goes in. After whatever it was, twenty minutes or so, it's obviously a different game. But listen, that's ifs, ifs, buts, and maybes. Yeah, absolutely. If your auntie was your uncle and all that, yeah. um, well, let's have a wee chat about left back because we've touched on Flanagan. We know that the transfer window is now shut. There's not going to be another left back coming in. We've had rumour flying around about Borna Barisic's future for it feels like six months. 
Um, it looked like at times during this pre-season that he was going to be back and he was going to be the number one. And then it looked like at times he'd probably be going out uh, before this transfer window shut. You've got Flanagan there. You've got Halliday there. You've got Barisic there. Does Do any of those options convince you? And how do you think this is going to pan out for the next six months until the, 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 the transfer window reopens in January? Well, none of them convince me, first and foremost, in terms of, if you mean convincing as in... It's to be the a, number it's one. As, it's as strong as you want to be if you're going to go and win a title. Mm. Um, that's no as strong as Rangers or Steven Gerrard would want to be at left-back in terms of going and win a title. So that's the first thing. In terms of how it will pan out, I actually think it's fairly simple. I think that for games... Uh, no, games against the top six, particularly away from home. John Flanagan will play all the time. Uh, more defensive-minded, more reliable, strong in the tackle, uh, no, likes one-on-one. So away to Pataudry, away to Tynecastle, the next old firm game at Celtic Park. Um, even playing at home against... Some of these teams, I would imagine Flanagan to play. I think between now and the end of the season, Flanagan will get the most games at left-back. I think for home games against the kind of bottom six or maybe one or two others, he'll go with Barisic because we know he can get up the line. He's all left-sided. His main attribute, certainly when he arrived, was whipping dangerous crosses into the box. All the stuff that you would want for a left-back when Rangers are on the front foot in games and they're expected to go and win and they've got they've got loads of the ball. So I'd expect uh, Barisic to play in those games. Andy Halliday, unfortunately, I don't see him featuring much. Uh, maybe in like uh, Betfred Cup games, for instance, Halliday might get the might get the shout, especially especially at home. But if there's an injury, midfield or left back, yeah, it's exactly. a good squad player to have exactly. around. Um, you think it's one that Gerard will look to address again in January? Because there, there might be a school of thought that says, look, we've paid £2 million for this guy. He had an, an interrupted season. Let's just give him till January in terms of Barisic. We know what Flanagan can do. He's going nowhere because we like the option he gives us for tough games. But let's give Barisic till January. At that point, we can say, look, he hasn't adapted to the Scottish yeah. game and we need to move him on. I think it'll be difficult. I've said before, I think it'll be difficult for them to go and spend money on our left-back when they've already effectively got three at the club. Um, but, no, you make a good point in that if Rangers get to January and they're still neck-neck with Celtic and there's a real chance, or there looks to be a real title challenge, then Gerard might feel as if they have to. No, they just can't take that chance. If Flanagan and Barisic still... Uh, aren't convincing, particularly Barisic obviously, he might just feel as if he might go and say it to the board in a similar way to him obviously saying to the board in the last few days that they had to go and get Ryan Kent no, there was obviously, he felt it was a necessity to get this done especially after Sunday's result if he gets to January and they're still neck neck they've maybe had a positive result at, at Celtic Park in the next Old Firm game he might just go to the board and say listen I know it's not ideal We've got two or three guys in this position already, but for one reason or another, I don't think it's going to be good enough to get us over the line in this title. I need to go and get a bona fide left-back, for whether even if it's a six-month loan at the end of the season or whatever, but to get Rangers over the line, he might feel as if he has to strengthen, but as I say, it's a, it's, you know, it's a bad kind of state of affairs if you end up with four 
four left backs on the books? There's been a lot of business done. We know about Ryan Kent, and we're going to get on to that in a minute. But there's been outgoings as well as the incoming from Liverpool for £7 million. Uh, Jason Holt leaves the club. Has been a good, uh, solid midfield player over the, the whole period of his contract, I'd argue. Yes, he didn't feature much uh, in the last couple of seasons, but he was certainly very solid under Mark Warburton. Um, especially in that first season in the Championship, where I believe in one column I may have called him the Governor Iniesta. <laughs> but let's not go too much into the detail on that one. Um, but he's a player I like. He'll do well for St. Johnson. Oh, definitely. If uh, Jason Holt gets himself uh, fully fit again, I know he got a bad injury at Fleetwood, then he's he's coming back now. Um, he'll be a cracking player for St. Johnson. Uh, no, proved himself at Premiership level, I think. No, well, maybe not quite good enough, as I say, to get into that Rangers midfield now. When you think of the players that he's that he's up against, not your Davises and and Arfields and uh, Ryan Jackson people are. But no, if Hope gets himself fit, uh, that'll be a good a good move for him. And it's a, it's just a loan to the to the end of the season, obviously, and that'll kind of see out his his time at Rangers. Yeah, clever little player. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Joe Dodo leaving the forgotten man of Ibrox. Yeah. It's funny. I mean, I've spoke to a, a couple of guys. Uh, no, within Murray Park and no, when they see Dodo training, they think he's a talented player, talented finisher, still a young guy, came through at Leicester, very highly rated, no, he was on the fringes of the Leicester team uh, the year they won the, they won the league, I think he played a couple of League Cup games under under Ranieri, um, so... I mean, it's a bit a bit strange that he hasn't done hasn't done a bit better. Uh, and I thought, I thought like in the last day of the window there would have been you no know, clubs in England coming in from. I know he'd been at Blackpool and a couple of other places uh, on loan. But again, when you look at the standard of competition, you're up against your Morelos and Defoe's and people like that. Then he was never going to break in. Uh, so they've, they've let him go. And the only thing I would say is, for Rangers fans' point of view. I've heard a few of them kind of griping about it. It does, you know, it does seem to irk them, and you can understand why Rangers you know, always seem to be having to pay these players off as opposed to actually selling them or getting a getting a transfer for them. You know, you think Kyle Lafferty paid off, Graham Doran's paid off, Joe Dodo's another one. They might need to do the same with Gresda. As yet, who's still? Well, still that was going to be the next thing I asked you about. The, the last member of the bomb squad still yeah. in situ at Murray Park. I mean, that's it's just a bleak, bleak outlook for him. Well, Scott Gooden is one of the worst signings, one of the worst signings the club's made in a long, a long, long time. Uh, when you look at what he's what he's given back for the money they're supposed to have paid for him, no two million quid, uh, and I think on deadline day there were literally no murmurings at all about. No clubs coming in for him, clubs want to take him in loan. I mean, you're talking about a guy who we were led to believe was the top player in the Croatian, uh, Croatian league last season. So I'm surprised, well, I should be surprised that nobody's coming in for him, but having seen him play, I maybe know that surprise. Well, that's the thing about Gresta that I found truly weird. With Barisic, you can see the constituent parts of a player. So you understand why Rangers signed them. Yeah. You can see he's got a great left foot. You can see physically he looks pretty solid. Yeah. You can see that he's decent on the ball. It might not work out for him in the Scottish game, but you can see what's there. Now, I've seen every single appearance that Gresda made for, for Rangers. I couldn't see anything at any no. point. I said this before. I mean, 
Listen, no claiming to be experts on here, but I, I like to think when you know, I've, I've watched a lot of games, I've watched a lot of players, you just look at a player and sometimes you know, he doesn't even run like a footballer. You know that way? And, you know, I've seen Gresda for the first time. I thought he looked out his depth. Um, I thought he looked a bit lost a couple of times he was coming on his sub. I know he had that game against Motherwell. In the big big win when Rangers scored six or seven, they scored a couple of goals, but when fans were getting a bit a bit carried away, um, probably the same punters that thought Carlos Pena was a was a player <laughs> um, and Eduardo Herrera. But no, I mean Gresda, you just as I say, first look, you don't want to make snap judgments on people, but the signs weren't good mm. from from early on, and no everything that you can have feared about him. His his company has come to fruition, and he's so far away now for that, no, for that Rangers first team. Um, and get back to my original point. No, there's a chance that Rangers might need to pay the guy off, which is remarkable for a two million pound signing at his age with international caps. Yeah, that yeah. you can't that you can't get rid of him. And if that if he's added to the list of no Dorans, Lafferty, Dodo, it's it, listen. I know the I, I'm not having a having a, a pop at the, the recruitment department as such but well not yet but I th- well but I think part of their no surely part of their remit isn't isn't just to bring players into the club yeah. it's to work with agents and other clubs when you're trying to get rid of players now. It's, it's difficult though with someone like Joe Dudu who's gone out on loan and you know if he performs on loan then he's going to drive interest but yeah. all his loan moves have fallen a bit flat Aye. Now, you can argue that's because he's maybe been put into the wrong clubs, or you can maybe argue that he's just not got it at the levels yeah. that he's been asked to perform at. Um, it's a difficult one, but like you say, there's a there's a history, and it goes back actually longer than Mark Allen, and, and it yeah. goes back maybe yeah, 20 right. years. Yep. Payoffs at Rangers have been huge for yep. a long, long time. Very costly. Um, let's move on to more positive uh, news, which is that of Ryan Kent arriving at Ibrox. First of all, seven million pounds. I don't think any of us thought that Rangers would uh, would actually sign him permanently. If you'd asked us a week ago, I think most of us thought there'd be another loan, perhaps with an obligation to buy. Yeah. Um, so, first of all, a real statement of intent, spending that kind of money—the second biggest transfer fee in the history of the club—and especially at this point in the, the development under Dave King and the board to be splashing out that kind of money. It is, it's huge. Um, whether it would have happened if they hadn't qualified for the Europa League group stage, mm-hmm. I'm not so sure. I think no, I think the incoming for the Europa League group stage is a kind of basic you know, seven or eight million, so essentially you know, that Euro money pays that. Maybe that's why Stephen Gerrard celebrated so wildly when that uh, when that Morelos goal went in up and, yeah. down, the, up and down the touchline at Ibrox. Maybe he knew that that might no, that might help them clinch the the Kent signing. Uh, so it's a big it's a big statement. I think Sunday probably highlighted the need to get Ryan Kent. I wasn't that surprised. I know it didn't happen until uh, until midnight on on Monday. But I've said all along. I thought Kent would end up at Rangers I just got a feeling very early on um, speaking to Gerard towards the end of last season I'd heard wee things over the summer like uh, I'd heard that Stephen Gerrard spent a bit of time with Ryan Kent like away from Rangers I mean when they were on their 
break, spent a bit of time persuading him, uh, if you like, or just talking to him. No, just, I think he spent several days We Kent over the summer. Planning. Uh, basically planning uh, yeah. for, for this move, I, I think. Um, and also, I'd heard just a, a smaller thing, but I'd heard there was an English team... One of the English Championship clubs were considering making a move for Ryan Kent, uh, and the the recruitment meeting at this club. Uh, I knew somebody that, that, that had been at the recruitment meeting, and the director of football at that, or the manager at that club, had expressed an interest in going for Ryan Kent. And the feedback that he got for the director of football was that they'd already uh, they'd already looked into it, they'd already spoken to his representatives and stuff, and. There was no point in pursuing it because as far as the director of football was concerned, there was only one place Ryan Kent wanted to go and that was and that was Rangers. So just those couple of wee things made me think by hook or by crook, this is gonna this is gonna happen. No, that's not to say I didn't have no grave doubts about it. When when Jurgen Klopp came out at Murrayfield and pretty much killed it stone dead, I thought, is there any way back for Rangers in this? Um, and even you no, know, in the last couple of weeks when he's he's not played for Liverpool, you no, know, nobody's come in for him. I, I, you no, know, I did start to doubt whether it would whether it would happen. But but now that it has happened, I'm not entirely surprised. I'm I'm like you. I'm surprised that they've paid that sort of money for him. Uh, I think as much as I rate Ryan Kent, I thought he did brilliantly for Rangers last season. And I think time will tell whether he's really worth. That outlay, I think his goals and assists, and you know me, I'm no, I don't get bogged down in stats, but he needs to score more goals for Rangers for that, for that outlay, for that fee. Rangers going for a title this season, he's going to need to hit the ground running. You know, that's it, it was six goals and eight assists last season. Yeah, but there was always the feeling watching him, and I, I, I probably said exactly the same thing a year ago, or roughly a year ago to this this day. There was always a feeling watching him that he was a player that could just, he was just a little away, just one little run of form, just add that last 10% to his game yep. and he would explode. And he threatened to ignite and threatened to ignite and threatened to ignite and then in the two last Old Firm games he was absolutely superb. Yeah. But then he had slight fallow periods after that when he was playing against those low blocks that we've talked about in great detail. I suppose the question is now, will he show that explosive development? If he does, this is going to be a terrific move. Yeah. If he doesn't, how does it pan out? Well, you would like to think that, I mean, I know he said in his interview on Rangers TV, he feels this is his home now. I mean, he's not, he's not been able to settle anywhere mm. in the last three or four years. So he's now got a, he's now got a four-year contract behind him at Rangers. He's got a, he's a club second highest ever uh, transfer fee signing. He's got a manager that loves him. He's got fans that love him. You speak to any of the Rangers players, and uh, you can sense that they all, they almost kind of, you know, they almost kind of look to him as a, the go to guy to go and create something. Although you're saying about his numbers, and as I say, he's going to need to score more and assist more. But I agree with you. you no, know, even when he wasn't scoring. You always felt as if he was the guy that was going to do something for yeah. them. He was, he was the guy that opposition teams worried about. If Rangers needed a spark, he'd probably be the guy that that, that would give them it. And and, and even what you're saying about against the the kind of deep line defences, 
you're right, there, there was games when he struggled a bit and, and that's going to improve. Rangers are going to improve on a whole in that regard. But again, even against those teams, he was still the guy when Rangers were attacking and trying to create chances. Everything was coming through him. And I genuinely think the Rangers players do look to him as being a, a real special, special talent and somebody that can take them onto that next next level, which will be going and, and trying winning a title. And I suppose the, the test as well will be of the recruitment this summer in that he is now potentially part of a much stronger squad. And you've got Jones there, you've got Ojo there. He should have more around him. Brandon Barker has been forgotten about amidst all this. Uh, yep. No Daniel Candias isn't there and there's different opinions about whether or not he should be or not. But Rangers wide areas are now quite strong. Yeah, And that should take a little bit of the creative burden off him and allow him to flower and become the player yeah. that he's threatening to become. And I think a guy like Aribo will help him as well. Yeah. I think I think he'll enjoy playing with Aribo. No, if you think that left-hand side, if Kent was starting wide left, um, no, ordinarily Aribo would start no, in that kind of number eight position, no, that kind of inside left that, that, that Gerard plays. I think Kent will enjoy what Aribo's technically very good no yeah. good in tight spaces good close control uh, both feet although predominantly left left footed um but i think kent will enjoy working with him and if rangers can get no almost like that triangle if you like of of no kent aribo and, and morelos working together then no gerard will hope that reaps real rewards for them uh, this season in terms of that seven million pound spend scott I've seen the odd person on Twitter. Obviously, everyone that's a Rangers fan is delighted to get this guy in. But is there an argument to say, well, if you had that £7 million to spend, should we not have bought three £2.5 million players? Or three £2.2 million? How, how, I, the maths is eluding me at the moment. You know what I mean? But and, and, and get, could, a, get another have, left back in. But without knowing them at the Europa League group stages, as I say, I don't know whether it happened yeah. or not. You've also got the wages. There's a, there's a difference between that because people look at the transfer fees, but it's the wages. If you're bringing in three two point five million pound players, they're all going to be on twenty grand a week. Yeah, exactly. So that that, that would be my Listen, argument I, against. I think although I'm saying about Stephen Gerrard's always wanted Kent, and I thought it would happen. I still genuinely believe Gerrard thought that it would be a loan move. I mean, I don't think Gerrard was lying at the end of last season when he said. Listen, the figures that are being quoted are, are out of league. No, it's going to need to be a loan. No, maybe with an option to buy in terms of add-ons or incentives or, or whatever. Um, but I, th- I think essentially what's happened is in the last no no in the last couple of weeks and certainly after Sunday. I mean, I don't, listen, I don't think everything would have happened between between Sunday and Monday. I think it had already been well down the well down the line. But Gerard's obviously pleaded with the board and said, "Listen." This is the only way we can do this. Um, no, we've we've got to the Europa League group stage for the second year in a row. Uh, no, really unexpected progress in Europe. I, I think in terms of two qualifications, when a year ago we've been told that it couldn't happen for a team to go for the first qualifying round into the group stages, it hardly ever happened. I think only two teams had done it uh, before Gerard when he did it when he did it last season. So. Gerard's obviously went to the board and says, "Listen, we've we've achieved this, we've done this. Let's no, let's push the boat out a bit." And I think the key thing we can is that he's still only what is he twenty two? Twenty two. Yeah. Twenty two. 
So the good thing for Rangers' point of view is, although it is no six and a half, seven million, Gerard and the board will feel that there's still a lot of value in him, let's sell on value. If he comes in and does what they want him to do and what they expect him to do, they would like to think in a couple of years there'll be English clubs or foreign clubs looking at him and saying, No, we'll go and pay no nine, ten million for, for this guy. So it's no it's no one that yeah it's no one that Gerard or Dave King will be worried we're not gonna get our money we're not gonna get our money back in this guy. Yeah, that's I don't think it's a gamble in that sense. Yeah. You saw Britt Asamalonga who went to Nottingham Forest um for, for was it fifteen million quid or whatever in yeah. the championship. These guys comfortably spend that money. Uh, that is the world we live in now, where £7 million by English standards is just a drop in the ocean, isn't it? Yep. Just before we finish off, Scotty, how, how happy are you, from a Rangers point of view, with how each part of this squad is now looking? I see a lot of strength and depth all the way through, because players that you perhaps thought might look for a, a wee move, someone like Wes Fodringham, perhaps. Yep. We've already talked about the three players at left back. You've got Matt Polster at right back. Flanagan can play at right back. Four central defenders, plenty of midfield players. I mean, Greg Doherty, a guy who was one of the best midfield players in Scotland a couple of years ago, has gone down south, smashed it, and he still can't get anywhere near this Rangers team. Yep. You look forward areas, you've got Defoe, you've got Morelos, you've got four or five wingers there now. They have serious strength, haven't they? They have. <laughs> you can't dispute that there's, there's strength and depth there. Um, but... Johnny, these guys need to go. They need to go and prove it by yeah. by winning something. I mean, it's the most obvious thing to say. Stephen Gerrard said that it's the hardest, it's the hardest obstacle to get over. Um, no, Rangers couldn't have been no on a bigger high going into Sunday's game after the the European victory and the way they've played at the start of this season. And yet, I think there were certain elements to it that that will worry Gerrard and. Well, the defence or the central defensive. I know you're saying yeah, you, you first seem, goals. Yeah, you, seem quite, you seem quite big on this because I, 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 I didn't just, think they were that bad. I just thought Edward's a very, very good player he is. and he's going to cause players problems. Yeah, and Rangers have, have no, shown... You're, you're right, they're, they're, not come up against, they're not going to come up against Edward every week. No. But I just thought the, the two of them, you know, they've looked solid at the start of the season. I just thought they were way off it on Sunday, on Sunday especially... Especially surprising Fikatic because he had been so good up until this point. I mean, mm. I he's a, a different kind of defender, though, isn't he? He's brilliant at siege defending. Throw a ball in the box, he's, he's towering in the air. He's not quite so good when you've got a guy with a low centre of gravity like Eduard. Who can second half, he was shaking on Sunday. I thought his, I thought his confidence started to wane a wee bit right. uh, when Celtic were countering and not looking dangerous as obviously as Rangers were trying to push up the park um, listen it's only one game but I just think you're talking about strength and depth when you've got a Swedish international there three million quids worth waiting in the wings you've got the boy Edmondson who let's be honest no only signed for 600 grand but could be worth anything we, we don't know looked very good in pre-season he did we don't know how no, how much this guy could be worth I just think it's going to be interesting to see what Gerard does with the with the centre backs. Um because Goldson and Katic looked like stick ons until they made glaring errors no yeah. that cost goals. Now that happened on Sunday. It's whether Gerard has that kind of immediate reaction that at home to Livingston the next game. Is that a good game to you know, give Hillander a game or Edmondson a game? 
or do you or do you say to those two that played against Celtic, no, you're my two. I'm not going to bin these after you know, a poor 90 minutes, especially as the manager will probably hold his hands up and say, I got a few things, I got a few things wrong as well. So, yeah. But the good thing is, as you say, you know, last last year, Katic got dropped, Joe Worrell came in, wasn't he good enough, Rangers fans were, you know, weren't happy with him for the, for the off, it was a lone player as well, that didn't please them too much. The good thing is now, they have got genuine Strength and depth. They've got four, no, four pretty competent centre backs that that Gerard can call up on. Tell me about this. This might be football manager wisdom here, but I always like to have a left-footed centre defender and a right-footed central defender. Gives you a wee bit of balance there. Is that something you agree with? Definitely, yeah. Because Hellander gives you that, doesn't he? Yeah. Gives you that balance across the. It does. The two centre backs. I think at some point we're going to need to see what Hellander <laughs> has got. I mean, you can't. I don't know if you can pay that amount of money for him. I know, I know we're talking about fees and well, maybe three million in this day and age, isn't it? Isn't it that much? But I think it is for Rangers. Um, no, we're going to see what he's all about. Can he go and play? And, I mean, listen, when when Rangers made that signing of Hilander, everyone thought he's the one. He's going to be the number one centre-back. He's the guy that you know, Rangers have been crying out for last season. He's going to tighten us up. He's going to make the difference. No, he's hardly kicked a ball yet, granted, because Goulton and Katic have did so well, he was a bit behind on fitness, but at some point, I think Gerard's going to need to say, right, Philip, let's see what you've, let's see what you've got, and it might be up to the others to try and, try and oust him at the team. Final point, International Week, we, we love an International Week, Scott. Oh, great, great. <laughs> Rubbing our hands together at this. <coughs> Looking what? forward to Friday night. Ah, it'll be a good game. Um, what, what does Steven Gerrard do now? Because he's got two weeks. Does he, does he have to keep the mood up in the camp? Or does he say, listen, boys, that was on me? Or does he go back to the drawing? But what does he do? I'm not sure what he does in terms of, you know, as I said earlier, psychologically getting them back into that mindset, you know, that kind of winning mentality that you know, we're strong enough to go and, uh, you know, go and compete with Celtic at mm-hmm. the top of a, Top of a league. I mean, that's what he obviously what he get paid, what he gets paid the big, the big bucks for. Um, listen, it'll be a difficult balance for him because I think inside he'll be angry. He'll be angry at himself. He'll be angry at the players' performance as well because we touched on he can't take all the blame. They've got to take some of the responsibility for how they played. But no, he won't want to castigate them after one one game. It's early, fine margins in the it, game. It's early in the you season. On that. Yeah, it's early in the season. It's the first old firm game. They're only three points behind. They're going to have a run of games now. I, to be honest, getting, in terms of your original question, I think the only answer for Rangers is after the international break to go on an extended run of victories. They can't worry about what Celtic are doing. They need to go and put nine, ten wins on the on the board, and that will show people that listen. There was a blip against Celtic. We accept that we got it wrong, but we're very much here to stay at the top of the, the top of the league. And there's very much going to be a, a title challenge. We've praised Neil Lennon here, Scott, but I've got a wee theory about him. The change of style that he's brought in to Celtic, I think, will be good for Rangers in terms of going for the league title in some ways, because. Brendan Rodgers had this possession game. It was about grinding teams down. If that team doesn't have the ball, they can't hurt us. So they won a lot of games, 1-0, 2-0, where it wasn't particularly exciting to watch. 
I think this blood and thunder approach that Neil Lennon's going for, the variation between long balls, between short passing interchanges and that, there's going to be a lot more um, chaos in terms of games. I think there'll yeah. be times when they get broken on, and I think they'll win games 6 or 7-1, but I think there's also going to be games where you're going to get the odd shock, maybe 1-10. in 10. I agree. I think they'll drop points. Yes, that, and that's, that's what I'm saying. I think there's going to be more of these sort of wild results. Yep. You saw that in his first tenure when inexplicably they lost to Inverness. Yeah, yeah. No, I think there's going to be... No, vulnerability is not, not the right word, but you just get the feeling, yeah, that they'll be capable of dropping points. At, no, away games. Even, even like, surprise home games. Like, I was at the, the Dunfermline Cup tie a few weeks ago when it, when it no, almost went horribly wrong. I mean, incredible to think where we are now compared to the feeling at Celtic at that time, but in the stadium that day. But that was an example, no, a game that they were expected to go and win. Dunfermline defended really well at Celtic Park, and no, defended really deep and really well. Celtic struggled, no, struggled big time that day to break them down, and that will be Rangers' hope that there's a few, there's a few other days like that. Uh, but I agree with you. No, during Rogers' reign, there was certainly a there was a long spell where you just thought this team's not going to be beaten. No, it doesn't matter where they go because they're just going to play the same way. They're just grinding. They're out. going to pass team basically passing teams off the park. No, tiring them out as you say, keeping the ball all day. Um, it was difficult to see where that Rogers team was going to was going to drop points and. But despite Sunday's result, I agree that that slight kind of change in style for Lennon, it does make you think they might drop eh, they might drop a few points. And Rangers are going to need that eh, this season if they're going to go and win the, the title. Because I don't think Rangers, no, I might be wrong, but I don't think they're at the stage yet where they're just going to go relentless and no, and win, win every game and just knock teams over four and five every Every week, I Absolutely. don't think they're at that that level yet. So, listen, it all makes for what should be a fascinating, uh, fascinating title race. Okay, well, that's all from us. Uh, we'll be back next midweek with more news analysis of all things Rangers. If you want to get in touch with us to continue the debate, you can. You can tweet me at Johnny R McFarlane. You can tweet Scott. Scott McDermott. Eight doesn't sound too keen on the idea <laughs> of you tweeting them there. To be honest, but uh, get them in. Don't forget to subscribe at iTunes or iCast to get the podcast as soon as it becomes available. And if you liked it, please review and rate us on there too. Thanks for listening. Use your mind